Hey guys, welcome back to the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. Kevin and Aisha here, back with another episode and excited to announce. We are. Our TTW page is finally out. What does TTW mean? Uh, It means test the waters campaign. Test the waters. We are testing the waters for our crowdfunding campaign for Park Street Homes. And you, yes, you can invest. You can, you can. So I think... We want to answer some questions and um, essentially dispel some rumors and things like that around crowdfunding, what equity crowdfunding looks like, the platform we chose, why we chose it, and things like that. And I think more like education, right? So we got our TTW page up with Start Engine, which is huge, right? It is. And the the community doesn't quite know. What that is. What it is. Why. What Start Engine is. Um, what Start Engine is. And then, to be quite honest, with the TTW page, you're making your reservation, and yep. it asks for your credit card number. And So let's give a disclaimer. Off. We are in no way soliciting investment right. on this episode. Yes. Uh, and the TTW page, while it does ask for certain pieces of your information, it does not charge you anything. So... Uh, even registering and reserving shares. It just reserves your opportunity to invest when and if a campaign goes live, but it does not uh, guarantee anything Guarantee anything, or directly charge you for any particular investment. So this episode is not investment advice. We're just telling you this about our journey. Our, our journey and a lot of bit of our opinion. We are not experts. Okay? We are not experts. So let's, let's backtrack, track back. What is crowdfunding? What is equity crowdfunding? Okay. So crowdfunding is a, a really hot buzzword and uh, it can mean a lot of things, right? So there's crowdfunding from a project standpoint. There's crowdfunding from like a um, Kickstarter standpoint where you're you're finding a product that wants to get off the ground and you're buying the product in advance, hopefully to get that in the mail, things like that. Uh, and then there's equity crowdfunding. So equity crowdfunding is essentially early stage companies uh, soliciting investment for shares of their company like stock. So before the stock market was the stock market, uh, Companies each had shares. They could sell those shares to private investors. And then that's how people ended up with those old school stock certificates, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a, a new version of that. Um, with the Obama with the Obama administration, mm-hmm. uh, they were able to update a lot of the rules and establish this new program that allowed people to invest in early stage companies through crowdfunding. And that's where you saw the rise of Fundrise and WeFunder and StartEngine, which StartEngine is the second or third largest platform uh, and fastly growing to the largest platform in the country. So typically one would have to be an accredited investor mm-hmm. in order to invest in these kinds of yeah. um opportunities. And what crowdfunding does is that it opens it up for everybody, hence the word crowdfunding. And so we wanted to bring equity to what we were doing in the home building industry. Kevin gives gives the best feel about that. But we wanted to bring equity to that and bring that to our um, community, our followers. And we also knew that it needed a little bit of an education piece too. But when we're talking about crowdfunding, one of the questions that I want to ask to you that I'm sure somebody has is, why did y'all go this route? So 
a couple of different reasons. Of course, every day you see companies and you'll see an announcement, like we just read an announcement for here, such and such is acquired by XYZ big company. Mm -hmm. So things like that happen all the time. What you don't see is how companies get off the ground from a capital perspective, mm -hmm. right? So with home building, home building's very, very capital intensive. So there's only a couple of ways that you can do that, right? You can partner with a larger company that would then seed your company or private investors that would do that. Or you start off and you got the money, right? Like if you got a, a rich uncle or whatever, you can start a home building company. Because it is so capital intensive, it takes so much money to get started. There's a really high bar of entry, but it's a very stable uh, field once you actually get off the ground. So And lucrative. And lucrative. Stable, so, and, stable and lucrative, which makes for a great investment. It does. So um, there's been companies since the beginning of time or beginning of traditional homes as we know in it who have grown their company privately and made money for families throughout the beginning of time. Yeah. So we have, as you, if you followed our journey before, we've always used OPM or investor dollars for the things that we've done in mm -hmm. our business. And you also may know that we started off with um, private funds from yeah. friends and family in order to grow the business to where it is today um, and investors that are just referrals. Right. So the one thing that we do well that we've done well so far is return capital just take care of our folks. right yeah. and take care of our investors and so you know we finally got to a point and that's been amazing for us we love it our investors love it they're making money we're making money it's great it's been great but as our opportunities have grown yeah. so has our capacity or need to rise to the occasion financially right mm -hmm. and so that's where this equity piece comes in where people get to take the long ride yeah. and you know what I like to say, and you'll hear me say this a lot as we're going through this fundraise period, um, if somebody told you to invest in Apple before Apple was Apple, where would you be today? Okay. And mm -hmm. so I feel like at, we're, we're our own version of Apple in the home building company, right? Yep. So don't miss the Apple train is kind of what I want to say. Don't miss the Apple train. But okay, this is the education piece. That's my spiel. You will hear it and probably see it more than once um, on many platforms. So, you know, I love the show Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. um, and I think America loves the show Shark Tank in general. Bless you. So one of the things that people see is all this wheeling dealing on Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. Well, what people don't realize is everybody sitting on those in those seats are accredited investors. Mm -hmm. Right. So they have access to those deals before they come out. But for everyday people, you don't see an Apple or you don't see a Tesla or you don't see an Uber. Right. You have to be already in that room, already wealthy, and somebody has to pick up the phone and say, hey, there's an opportunity for you to put uh, $50,000. Like Kevin Hart and uh, Mark Cuban had an interview, and he said he had the opportunity to put $50,000 in Uber before Uber was Uber. Mark Cuban. No, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Mark Cuban also had an opportunity to put like $10,000, and he was like, no way. Yeah. And he just did a deal with the founder of Uber. And both of those deals would have been like hundreds of millions of dollars lucrative, very lucrative. at the time. Yeah. Um, so for the everyday person, you don't really get to see these things. We see it on TV, right? We see mm -hmm. Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. People say, hey, I'm going to sell 10% of my company for this. We don't see the back end. The best example 
on Shark Tank was Ring. So Ring Doorbells, right? Everybody knows Ring Doorbell now. Well, Ring Doorbell was actually on Shark Tank. They did not get a deal on Shark Tank. And Shark Tank is just that. They are exactly. buying equity in, in, business. in businesses, right? And that's even, that's a business in itself. Mm-hmm. People have a business of buying equity in companies that they see a positive trajectory for, mm-hmm. right? That is a form of investment. Um, and so it's one that I feel like our community misses out on. It does. We miss we, that opportunity. There's a lot of talk around, of course, generational wealth. But there's a lot of shame around selling your business and things like that. And let's be clear. We're going to set the tone. We built Park Street to sell. But let's be clear. Most business people who do big business build businesses to sell. Yeah. And guess what they do? Build another business and sell that too. And that's that big liquidity event. That's those big leaps in wealth building and generational wealth that we miss out on because of that ownership piece. And I don't have a problem with ownership. As a matter of fact, the plan is for us to always have ownership in something. Yeah, um, Because the one thing that we've learned is that you can build a business, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can build a business, you can build another one. You can always have ownership. You know, there's some... um, Amazing stories of things like that. Um, so, especially in the home building space, the founder of Chessmar Homes. We live in a Chessmar home. Kevin is the random build it builder building. So fat I'm guy. a construction professional, <laughs> and I read construction you literature do? and periodicals. Yes, uh, I was actually reading an article about M&A activity happening in our market right mm-hmm. now, right before we got on the pod. But uh, the founder of Chessmar Homes worked for a large production builder, retired from that builder. Mm-hmm. So 25 years with the first builder. Retired, started Chessmar Homes, just ran Chessmar Homes for 20 years, sold it for half a billion dollars. It's right? it's it's the it's a thing that's not talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not talked about enough in our community. And we also are not a part of these MAs yep. enough. I'm not saying that we're not a part of it at all, because let me be clear, we have a network. That yep. is a, that does that, um, but we want to be able to expose our our network, our community, our audience, our podcast. You know the people who are like, what do we do, and how do we do this? This is one of the ways that you do it, and this is one of the ways that you can add to your generational wealth coffers. No, true. Yeah. And one of the things that we wanted to do. Um, with our opportunity was be able to offer that opportunity to more than just the ultra wealthy or the people who could write a hundred million dollar check. We wanted to be able to offer it to people who listen to the pod and say, Hey, I want to get into real estate investing. Maybe I only got $500. Maybe I only have $2,000, yeah. $10,000. I remember when we first started raising private capital, we started off with $5,000 investments. We did. And then we grew to 15, 20,000, 25,000. Well, that bar is much higher. So right. now to invest in one of our projects on the debt side, it's a, a high bar to do. It is. But you can buy uh, shares in our company for, you know, the lowest price of $500. Right. And, you know, what's funny is people are like, oh, how can I invest with you? And then we start to discuss what the minimums to invest with us before we got into the crowdfunding space. And everybody's like, oh, that's not me. (laughs) And I'm like, that might not be you. It could be you plus for the people, um, you know, to find ways to get into the game. But this is that opportunity that just, just about everybody can get into the game. And 
to me, that's just exciting. And the one thing we've done together, you and I, Kevin, is change people's lives, whether that be through our conversations, our advice, the homes that we build, right? We build affordable housing. Yep. $230,000 when the house across the street is selling for 360000 and it's the same quality, nearly the same product, mm-hmm. and we're changing lives because of that, right? We're building communities in places that were completely overlooked, and we're changing lives, and we're changing communities. And here we are again, giving people the opportunity to change their life and add money to their coffers that they wouldn't necessarily have access to because of what we're bringing to the community. And if I have to pat my own self on the back, I think I'm going to just give myself a little pat pat because that's significant. So I I definitely do definitely pat us on the back. And I also want to say how hard it truly is to get here. Sure. Right. Um, So it took a journey to be able to build up our business to this point, because even to get here and be able to do Mm -hmm. an equity raise, the level of financials that you have to have, the level of operation that you have to have to get there is a feat. So it's not for the faint of heart. And that's that's akin to the regulation around it, right? Um, It's something that you have to go through SEC approval. You have to have your financials completely audited uh, independently by a separate resource. So you have to have people navigate you through that process. You have to have background checks. You have to have good actor checks. They check your family. You there's a lot of regulations around it to protect the everyday investor. It's legit, and legit. this is a a process that you know to be transparent. It took us over a year to get approved to be on the platform. Yeah. Um. So when you go back to your original question of why did we choose equity crowdfunding, we a thought it would be the best opportunity to share the opportunity to more than just the people with the money to get in the room. Right. Right. Uh, second, we thought it was the best opportunity to scale a business and show you can build something. It's me. I'm oh. sorry. You thought I was telling you. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like. <laughs> My nose itch. <laughs> no, you sorry. can you can build a business from zero and put that business in a position to be acquired. You can build a business from zero and put that business in a position to make, you know, massive gains from a, a wealth perspective. And now our business has become our biggest investment uh, versus we could buy one more rental. But now we bought this business that will kick off cash for, you know, the one years more to rental come. is like, you know, cash flows. So I remember maybe. we made we had that argument. Because uh, you were like, oh, we're building all these houses. We should keep one. I said, well, $500 ain't going to move the needle. But we can build this up, this business up to pay us tens of thousands of dollars a month. And literally, that's the strength of an operating business. When you look at the businesses like a Tesla or a Target, the those stable returns that you see, those dividends are akin to their share prices, right? So when you see, okay, Comcast sent out an eight, uh, eight cents dividend, well, Comcast got 40 million bajillion <laughs> shares, right? So that eight cents goes a long way if you got 100,000 shares. That's a good analogy, though, right? So, like, when you buy shares in a startup through mm. a platform like CrowdEngine, it's not eight Start million engine. people. What? You said CrowdEngine. Through a, oh, through a crowdfund platform like StartEngine. Sorry. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you don't have millions of people that are invested nope. in it. So your dividends look greater because there is a 
essentially smaller pool of people that's invested in it. So when you get your dividends, your dividends look better than from a larger company. And let me just say this. It is one form of investing, yep. right? You want to diversify your investment portfolio. And that's it. And I think that's important too, right? So when you think about, you know, okay, we're going to put money in certain places and what is that going to look like? Maybe there's some that's in real estate. There's some that's in stock. There's some in startup, yep. right? And the other beautiful thing about startup like any investing, let me just preface with there's always a risk in investing. There are always tons of risks. Right. Yeah. But the good thing about startup, one of the good things about startup is there's a large upside to it as well. So, yes, you can lose, but you should only be investing what you can lose, mm -hmm. not anything more than that. Don't put your last or anything that you're going to be counting on in an investment but that upside is greater because of the potential of startups. And have a long-term view. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If if you think in that year two, Uber paid out, that's not how that works. Right. If you think, you know, Facebook or, you know, the best store is probably Nike. There were five families that essentially were the original investors in Nike. Um, and I think they might have put $5,000 each or something like that. All of those people are multimillionaires. Or right? if you checked out too early, right? Yep. Like you were like, oh, I'm going to invest in Nike. And then you were like, oh, it's been two years. I don't like the way this feels. Mm -hmm. you know. And you check out and then you look up and Nike is Nike. you like, dang, I should that should have been it. Yeah. But, and it's funny, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, wow, you know, for us, our, started, our starting uh, share is five hundred dollars, yep. right? So somebody was like, "Okay, five hundred dollars. If I if I want to take this long ride, because this is a long ride investment equity. If I want to take this long ride, I can put it in for my children, yep. and then by the time they are in college, when." We do, if we pull out, when we pull out, if y'all sell, if there's a liquidity event or whatever the case that might be, the dividends, that's for my children's future. Yep. So I took this small amount of money, whether it's five hundred or five thousand, right? This mm -hmm. is money that I'm not counting on. And I put it in this investment for my child. And then when it matures or when my child matures, now I have this money. Y'all, people are playing this game all yep. the time and we are not. We just and see aren't. The, you know, the thing about it, and I tell people all the time, don't bet the horse, bet the jockey, mm. right? So there's a lot of things that are thrown to our community to invest in. Mm -hmm. You know, there's restaurants, there's, you know, invest in this music thing, invest in this whatever. And specifically in real estate, there's several funds and different things yeah. that people have invested in. People have raised millions of dollars uh, for various reasons to mixed results. And the reality of the situation is you want to invest with the folks that you see are doing the things that, A, you have an interest in or you believe in. Or you believe in. B, have a proven track record of actually doing it. So, you know, for the people who've, yeah. you know, watched this podcast for the last four years, they've seen our business grow from one house to, you know, 30 okay. houses. To Airbnb. 40 houses. To, uh, yeah. Exactly. So what you're watching is in real time somebody built something from the ground up. Yeah. Right? And the reality of the situation is, those are the people that you want to be in business with for the long ride mm -hmm. because, you know, we're as invested as you are. And when we make money, you make money. So two things. One, I would also say invest in the essentials, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
toothpaste and deodorant yep. and housing <laughs> because everybody needs those things. Those are smart investments. Then there's the 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 fun techie stuff, right? Yep. Like this might really pop, and if this pops, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be a big right. Thing, those yeah. are good investments too. But if we're talking about diversification, you mm-hmm. want to invest in things that are stable and that are essential for people to live because there's always gonna be that. But I'm gonna ask a question. I'm going to give my answer first, and then I'm going to give it to you. I'm All right, go ahead. throw it to you. So why should somebody invest in Park Street through Start Engine and, you know, what we're doing, right? And for me, I have one simple answer. There's a lot of answers that I have, but my one simple answer is because we are finishers. Mm-hmm. And I'll say Kevin is a finisher, right? He will push through and get to the goal or the end result no matter what. He just has this stick to that ask anybody that has invested with us so far, and we have a nice portfolio of investors we do. that work with us. They are knocking down our doors to come and work with us and invest with us and have great things to say about, wow, man, you really did it. Like you really, you, you said it was going to be this and it's actually this, that to me is a quality that not everybody possesses that just isn't quite out there with every business. Right. And that's one of the reasons that I'm like, you want, you want something to get to the finish line. Somebody says that they're going to do something. We have a track record of doing what we say we're going to do. Yep. So if somebody asked you why invest with Park Street, what would you say? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give two mainstream reasons and then a reason specifically to our audience. So the first two mainstream reason is like you said, proven track record, right? We've proved that we can grow this business, uh, and even with no resources, we've been able to grow this company uh, to where we are now. The second track record, we're in a mature market, right? We build a product that can compete on the main stage with the large home builders out there. And with my background being in large mm-hmm. production home building, it's a natural fit that we're in a stable market, one of the best home building states in the country, one of the best home building markets in the state. Um, so the money's there, yeah. right? Yep. The third answer, specifically to our audience, and, and I want to look at the camera when I say this. If you see what we do with no money, imagine what we're going to do with money. Pop yes. Because the reality Shoot. of the situation is to play the game on the level that we play the game, being African-American, and this is just the, the 100% truth, we already play at a disadvantage. Yep. So the fact that we've risen to the occasion with absolutely no resources, we about to blow it out the water. And that just gives me chills. Like, yes, we are. And that's where we're going. Yes. Ugh. And that's where we're going. So, so. we clearly. That, and so to close, and I want to answer a couple of questions, but I want to just tell the story of how we got here, why we picked starting and how we got here. So Start Engine is, like I said, on any given day, the second or third largest platform. Um, Platform for crowdfunding. Platform for crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. Start Engine doesn't traditionally do real estate investments at all. Um, Start Engine has a success uh, record of other black founders being successful on the platform. Namely? Uh, Namely, Don Dixon is one of the founders that have been successful with PopCon. Mm -hmm. And then... um, what is the Pinky Isaac, Cole? Pinky Cole did not raise on starting. Oh, uh, Isaac Hayes the third with Fanbase. Fanbase. Fanbase has raised quite a bit of funds on Start Engine as well, and that's a, a black founder as well. But um, when we originally applied over a year ago, 
to be on the platform of Start Engine, crickets. Applied multiple times, crickets. Applied again, crickets. Um, so the feedback was, this: we got approved to be on every other platform. Starnigen, no go. So um, there was an opportunity where the CEO of Starnigen actually sent out an email. I was able to get his email from that email, reach out, and said, hey, we've actually been trying to be on your platform for over a year, and we've got nowhere. Uh, we're a home-building company based out of Houston, Texas, with eyes on growth. He said, hmm. Well, let me see what I can do. Put me in contact with his people. His people then told us no again. They said, ah, we don't do real estate. First no from his people directly. Second no. Yeah, you know, we really like broader businesses, national businesses. You're more of a regional thing. We're good. Um, so combated that no. Third no. Well, do you have an audience? Hey, audience, Thanks. how y'all doing? Thanks, audience. So one of the things that happened for us is everything that we had done up to this point, our service events, the awards that we've received, our platform from the podcast, all those things now help us with this campaign. Mm -hmm. So we definitely are relying on our audience yep. to be a part of this journey. Um, and they said, well, can you get your audience to the table? So we started our own Test of Waters campaign, mm -hmm. and we were successful and got over 300 registrants on our website to say, if you guys launch, we're interested in investing. Brought that back to starting. They said, you got unanimous board approval, yeah. which never happens. Yep. So we've been going through this journey for the last, that was eight months ago yeah. at the beginning of the year. And literally, it has been overcoming objection after objection, um, you know, the financial reviews, all the things that go into it, and we have risen to the occasion. So I definitely give us a pat on the back, and I applaud Start Engine, and I'm thankful for Start Engine's rigorous standards mm -hmm. because it lets us know um, that it it's a rare room to be in. So yeah. I'm thankful for that. And get you a partner that don't take no for an answer. I mean, lucky for me, my partner is my husband. But if you are looking for a business partner, I mean, those kinds of people that don't take no for an answer are the real winners. And, and those are the type of people you want to invest in. You yeah. want to invest in okay. owners and founders that don't take no for an answer. Absolutely. Because we're all in the same boat now. So I implore you all to look up Start Engine, mm -hmm. um, see what it is, see success stories from an investor standpoint, you know, people who have invested in startups with Start Engine um, and, you know, look us up, uh, mm -hmm. go to our- We worth a Google. We, we are, look me up, Google me, um, but look us up and, you know, take this journey with us. I am very, it is very likely- there are no sureties in investing. It is very likely that you will uh, not be disappointed. No. And, uh, you know, the one thing about it is what you're investing in is people who have already invested in themselves. Absolutely. And we've put all of our eggs in this basket to grow it. Um, you know, this is our real job. We podcast for fun. <laughs> <laughs> we, we make our money running our business. And you guys, as our audience, have seen our business grow from you know, literally starting with just us and, and very little, um, going through traumatic experiences, pivoting our business, mm -hmm. changing, growing, staffing down, staffing up. Uh, we literally have 
encountered so many things. I know that when we originally started taking private capital, one of the investors that invested with us, he said, well, we've seen you have all success. What happens when it all goes bad? So now that we're on the other side of that, of we've been down mm -hmm. and come back. Yep. Now I'm so proud of us to say, not only are we prepared for this journey and to take it to the next level, uh, but we're going to blow it out the water. So I look forward to seeing the reservations come through. Um, if you have any questions, we're hosting our first shareholders day on August 8th. Uh, it's not our first shareholders day in totality, but the first one for this year. And we will continue to do a semi-annual shareholders day like we have been doing for the last year and a half, two years, uh, as well as investor communication because before we shareholders day, we are we were manifesting shareholders. We were. When we held we shareholders were. day. So there but was see, no... that's the type of founder you want to yeah. just go manifest something before the shares are even available. Right. right. Y'all been stakeholders in our business before our business had stakeholders. Yep. Absolutely. No. So we'll end on that, but we definitely want to answer any other questions that anybody has. Reach out, leave a comment, leave a concern, drop yeah, an email. Info at parkstreethomes.com. We're happy to answer questions and help, you know, get every our community to understand what's happening on this startup side of the business. And one of the great things about the conference is on the back side of this, we'll be able to talk about this experience at the conference and share these stories and connect other founders because there's great business owners out there. Um, so we want to be able to give the blueprint to other people on how to do this and how to prepare for it. So as we get to the other side of the hill, we throw the ladder back down. Absolutely. So yeah, this is Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. This is Kevin and Aisha. We out.